everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hi, everyone. Hey. 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 Welcome back to episode 37 of Hop Culture. Today, we are talking about prioritizing. So before we start, we want to thank you for spending some of your precious time listening to our podcast. We know there are about a thousand other things you could be listening to as you drive or do laundry or walk to class. So thank you so much for pressing play on this episode. As Tess mentioned, today we're going to talk about prioritizing. It's safe to say that we have endless options for how to fill our time in today's world. While this is awesome, the flip side is that the expectations and demands on our time seem to be higher than ever, too. All of our day-to-day lives look a bit different, but this is hard for all four of us, so we figured our listeners probably struggle with this, too. Choosing what to focus your time and energy on is definitely hard for everyone. Yeah. So what would you guys say makes it hard for you to prioritize? I think for me, just because my life right now, you know, my main focus is being a mom and I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I feel like my whole day is kind of just meeting basic needs of my kids and around our house. And I think if I really sat down and, you know, maybe managed my time a little bit better or figured out what my real priorities were, there are pockets of time where I could do things that are a little more, I don't know, a little meatier than just doing dishes and changing dirty clothes on kids. But it just feels like all of these are crucial. Diapers have to be changed and meals have to be made. And it just kind of feels like my whole day is just like putting out little fires. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I don't have a lot of control over my time right now, which I don't think is actually true, but it just feels like I'm kind of at the mercy of my kids a lot of the time. So (laughs) yeah, I agree. I feel like there's a lot of unexpected or like unplanned things that come up in the day that I kind of lose motivation to even plan my day or prioritize very much because I just am like, well, nothing ever goes as planned. And I might suddenly have a bunch of work to do for my job or like a lot of stuff I need to do for Hazel or something. And and so I don't know, hopefully maybe one of you can help mm-hmm. me with this situation during this episode. It was actually really interesting. I know we don't really talk about our faith a ton on this podcast, but This topic, I wasn't really planning on it being so intertwined with, I don't know, like faith or my religious beliefs, but I was surprised when I'm thinking about priorities and how I spend my time, like how much of that comes back to, I do believe that God has a plan for my life and that he cares about how I spend my time. And a lot of that I realized has to do with how I think about priorities too. And that isn't a bad thing. That's a great thing, but it does add like an extra layer of complication to it kind of sometimes. It's not like I'm just like, oh, this is exactly what I feel like doing. It's Mm -hmm. like the question of what would be the best use of my time to either serve others or serve my kids. And it doesn't mean that I can't have time to myself either, but it adds an extra depth kind of to deciding what to focus on. Yeah, it definitely complicates the issue because a lot of prioritization is about cutting out helping other people or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, 
which mm-hmm. I don't always love. Mm-hmm. And there's a big focus on set your priorities and what's important to you. And it, it sort of feels like there's a lot of focus on like my time is valuable and what do I want to get done mm-hmm. and what is best for me. Yeah. What serves me and my and immediate my family and like yeah. mm-hmm. nobody else. Totally. Yeah. So the, it's it's hard to balance. And I think that a lot of times, and this is a you know generalization, but girls are not raised to say no as much. Mm-hmm. And so there's also that yeah. layered into it. So yeah, the whole thing is tricky. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. sometimes saying no or even prioritizing my immediate family, my kids and Dave should be my absolute top priority. I don't think anyone could argue with that. It's just the social pressure of being like, oh no, I can't do that because... I need to read to my kids or you know what I mean? Like it's just tricky, I think, to figure out how you can still be kind and a good friend and service oriented and unselfish, but still prioritize the things that are actually important and not just be at the mercy of other people's whims all the time. Yeah. I don't have kids, but I feel like in every stage of life, there's kind of something that takes up the majority of your time or really exhausts you, whether it's kids or right now for me at school, where I feel like I always have classes at just random times of the day. So I only have like a couple hours here and a couple hours there. And then I have to shove most of my commitments into the evening. So I don't really have time for other stuff then. So I think for me, it's really hard to chunk things out and make sure that I'm getting to other stuff other than the thing that is taking over my life, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's a kind of a good segue. So for this discussion, we thought it would be helpful if each of us chose a resource of some kind about prioritizing, either like a book or podcast, and then we could kind of share what we learned. So what Tess said reminded me of something from my book, which was Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Have any of you guys read that or heard of it? No. No. I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Obviously, we don't have time to go too in-depth on any of these resources, but we will link them in our show notes for sure and put them on Instagram, and then we're each going to share a couple of takeaways. So what did you guys listen to or read? I chose The One Thing. It's a a book by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon, and I was introduced to it from a podcast I was listening to. They did a summary, and it really stayed with me, so I just think it's a cool concept. Cool. What about you, Tess? I listened to a few different podcasts. I listened to the Essentialism podcast because the audiobook waitlist at my library was too long, so I didn't get the audiobook, (laughs) but I did listen to his podcast and gleaned a lot of knowledge. And then I also listened to Cultivating a Good Life, which is a really fun podcast. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. They have a few episodes on prioritizing that were really good. And then I listened to a little bit of Jody Moore as well. Oh, God, I love Jody. What about you, <laughs> Anne? Do you not want us to ask you? <laughs> uh, my life did get out of control. However, I did find time to listen on double speed to um, an episode of Cultivate a Good Life. Um, shout out to Tess for sending that to me. Um, I was in a, in a tough place um, and I couldn't okay. find my own, but it was so cute. And I was like, is this Becky Higgins of the Becky Higgins yesteryear? Yeah, of scrapbooking fame. Like, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> it I is. was so excited. And her other best friend, Becky. 
Becky. <laughs> Another Becky. So our mom used to love creating keepsakes magazine back in the day, which was about scrapbooking. And if any of these names ring a bell, Lisa Berenson, Becky Higgins, uh, Heidi Swap. Um, who are some of the other famous ladies? There were some that were just like household names in our home. And I thought I was young enough that I thought that these were real people that mom actually knew. I thought they were (laughs) people that were her friends. Like her friends. Well, she had a friend, her really good friend, Becky. So that was maybe confusing because it was like lots of Beckys. But no, we loved the Creating Keepsakes gang. And that was sort of an era I had kind of forgotten about. And then I rediscovered Becky Higgins, her podcast, and she's delightful on Instagram as well. So it's been Mm -hmm. fun to sort of rediscover her. Yeah. So I listened to episode 160 called Simplifying Life, Weed the Garden. So I'm excited Mm. to share a little bit about that. Well, why don't you why don't you start us off, Anne? Dive on. Okay, in. sure. So, okay, I was excited about this one because I okay, I'm gonna be honest, I was not super excited for this podcast topic because sometimes <laughs> I think prioritizing or you know, organizing my life or whatever, I'm like, I know I need to do that, but I don't really wanna like carve out the time to do it. Totally. It just kind of sounds like another task. So I'm mm-hmm. like, is this actually going to be simplifying my life or is it just going to make my life harder? But this episode was kind of all about eliminating things that we don't really need in our lives or like things that don't contribute to our happiness. And so it's like, okay, I can get rid of things. That sounds great. <laughs> like I would, I would like to simplify my life. So They talked all about weeding the garden, which was like, you know, getting the weeds out, getting the things out that make your life harder. And then also that makes it so that you can cultivate the things that you do care about. And one idea that they talked about was there might be something like a plant that was bearing fruit in your life, you know, like maybe a hobby or some sort of time commitment. And even though you might have a hard time like eliminating that thing from your life because it at one point like meant something to you, you know, it might be time to weed that out of your garden because it's not bearing fruit or it's not giving you what it once did. And like, Mm -hmm. that's okay to totally, you know, take that out of your life. So some of the things that they mentioned that their listeners had um, written in that they wanted to weed out of their lives were like drinking pop or caffeine, mom guilt, resentment, overthinking and stressing about things that they said or, you know, ways they might have made a fool of themselves socially or something Mm -hmm. over scheduling and I thought you know they had some really good suggestions for things that they mentioned the grudges thing or resentment because I was listening to a podcast that Greg McEwen was on so just FYI if you guys are interested in essentialism but don't want to read the book podcasts are really the greatest invention for people that don't actually want to read a book because you can usually find (laughs) any author on a podcast and it's like an hour long. Sometimes they explain it better on the podcast than they do in the book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. It's the greatest thing to happen to (laughs) self-help. I like his podcast, but if you want to get the gist of his books, I would actually listen to him on someone else's podcast because I think that's like a better way to hear actually more from him. Like the episode of his podcast that I listened to had one of the proper brothers on it and he was a delightful person but I was like I want to hear what Greg McEwen has to say not like the property brother so anyway I listened to him on I think it was Mint Arrow or he's also so this is interesting for those of you that are Latter-day Saints he is actually a member of our church which I didn't realize when I chose the book so I was actually totally shocked to find that out and the book is not 
it's mostly about business, but he's also on an episode of All In, which is one of my favorite faith-based podcasts, if that's something that you'd be interested in. But on one of the interviews I listened to, he mentioned how holding on to grudges is an insane energy suck. I think a lot of us just need more emotional energy for things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he said that letting go of grudges is one of the quickest ways that you can free up more energy and mental clarity and creativity and all these things that we're all looking for. I don't think I am weighed down by a lot of grudges, hopefully, but (laughs) it was an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of things that they mentioned on the podcast that were, I don't know, thoughts that you could just notice yourself thinking about like, oh my gosh, I need to do this or else so-and-so is going to be mad. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that, that there's no point really in like worrying about. Yeah, for sure. You could let go of that expectation of yourself or trying to meet other people's expectations all the time and feel just a lot lighter and a lot happier. Mm-hmm. And I liked this approach because if you think about your priorities in life and what you enjoy and what makes you happy and what you want more of, then instead of approaching it like, okay, what do I have to do to get that? You can think like, well, what do I need to give up to get Mm -hmm. that? And it might be Mm -hmm. a little bit easier or simpler. I had never thought about prioritizing some emotions or areas where you put more emotional energy over others. I had always just thought of prioritizing where I put my time. But yeah, that was a really interesting point from some of the things that I listened to was that sometimes where your energy is getting sucked away is not really where you're putting your time, but where you're putting your emotional energy. Mm -hmm. Tess, do you want to share some more stuff that you learned? Sure. Well, some of these things were like summarizing things from multiple podcasts. They're little bursts of inspiration that I got. Pearls of wisdom. Nuggets of truth. <laughs> Pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Gold nuggets. Tess's truths. Tess's truths. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> New segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so horrible. <laughs> Okay, the first one that I really liked, and this was kind of something that was touched on in most of the podcasts that I listened to, was that you don't have to have the same set of priorities every day, or even you can have a different set of priorities for, you know, a period of years Mm -hmm. than you will for the next period of years. Mm -hmm. If you are raising a family, you don't need to feel bad if that's really all you can devote your energy to and other areas that you find enriching to your life. You don't have to follow all of your dreams Mm -hmm. or start a business Mm -hmm. or go back to school if that's going to be really overwhelming to you or if that's not something that you really want to prioritize you don't have to feel bad for it because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we look at other people and we think that they're just doing everything that they've ever dreamed of all at once. But I think most people feel better when they just prioritize one thing at a time and it frees up a lot of time to do other things that you enjoy and feel less overwhelmed. Yeah. So (laughs) that was really helpful for me because right now I really want to be working on a lot of things at once, but I really only have time for school and other, you know, my church callings and friends and family. I don't have time other than those things. So I can't really be pursuing like the Etsy business I've always wanted to start or like, you know, a nursing degree on top of my other degree, you know, like it's just, it's not a, it's not a possibility. I don't want Tess to learn that lesson though. Uh, I know. This is one of Tess's 
No, it's not a Tess's truths. It's a. Um, I'm trying to think of another alliterative thing we could say. It's one of just Tess's like Tess's traits. Tess's, Tess's traits. traits. Exactly. It's a Tess trait. We don't want her to give up her drink. It totally is. Yeah. It has caused me a lot. Of, like mom is always reminding me. I think she heard this from an influencer. Life is long. Oh, <laughs> she's always like, I think life I is long, Tess. Life is long. <laughs> I don't know if I did. You probably did. I heard it yeah. from, from one of your. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Linda Iyer, who's a really well-known parenting author, her daughter. That rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Always says life is long. And I love it. How do you That's know always stuck so with many names? <laughs> because I followed them forever. I love their family. <laughs> I do. I love them like my own. That sounded really creepy and like way too like, I love their family. <laughs> but anyone that follows them. That's how you them. sound with all of your I know. Influencers. It's like how mom had Becky Higgins. I have my influencers that like I I talk about like I know them personally. But no, it's true. There are seasons for everything. I think that term seasons gets thrown around. Maybe it's a little cliche, but I do think it's really true. I get down on myself too for being like, oh, I should be doing this or that. You know, I am in a really intense phase with just having four little kids. It's okay mm-hmm. if I can't do some of the things that I would like to or that I feel like I ought to do, which that's another thing let's let go of feeling like guilty about not doing things. But even Mm -hmm. the things that I feel prompted to do or driven to do, maybe I cannot do right now because my kids just need a lot of my physical energy right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's totally true. When I first had a baby, I was like, I'm a queen. I'm just (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm wonderful. I don't need to do anything because I'm just here with my baby, just enjoying life. But then after a while, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can I can start like getting things done. I don't need to just be hanging out with my baby all the time. And then I just would get really overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. feel really down on myself because I'm like, I'm not getting enough done. Like, how am I supposed Mm -hmm. to get anything done? And I'd find myself being more frustrated with Hazel and with Matt because everyone else gets to get all this stuff done and I'm not accomplishing things. And then I realize why why am I trying mm-hmm. to get all these things done yeah this was exactly. what I wanted was to have this child to enjoy my time with her and pay attention to her and there was a time where I could get a bunch of stuff done and there will be that time again but it's just not really a good expectation to have for myself right now yeah I go through that cycle every time I have a baby where the first month or two, hopefully, society in general, which could do a better job of this, by the way, but I I think generally people are kind of like, oh, you just had a baby, you know, like no one expects much of you. And you're kind of just resting and recuperating, hopefully, as much as you can. And then things let up a little. And I always think that too, where I'm like, okay, I can function again. And then Mm -hmm. it is still hard, but you still are frustrated. (laughs) And I do that every time. And I always say that too, like, I can't get anything done. Not to jump ahead to essentialism, but one thing I liked about the book was it wasn't necessarily saying, oh, you need to be hyper productive and be checking things off a to-do list constantly. Mm -hmm. It was saying, I think that's the key is you need to get rid of the other things and just pick the one or two things in your life that you're just really going to excel at and put all of your focus on and prioritize the essential aspects of life, which in a phase, intense phase of parenting young kids would probably just be being present. That's not all you can do, but you know, like that would be a large part of your day probably. And you don't mm-hmm. need to feel guilty about it or feel like you need to be checking off all these other frivolous things in this stage of life. Yeah. It sounds like we read very similar things because the book that 
I read the one thing is basically that exact, <laughs> that exact sentiment. <laughs> and one thing he talks about is the idea of counterbalancing. You know, you always hear work-life balance, balancing this and that, being in balance. And he says, there's no such thing as balance. You're never going to have everything balanced at once. And the idea that you're trying to do that is going to make everything suffer. Mm-hmm. And so a better thing to do is pick one thing that you're really focused on and then swing back to another thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're working, mm-hmm. you spend eight hours working really hard, then later in the day, you can swing your focus back to family. Or you can have a week where mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to work really long hours at the office or it's a month or a couple months. It's like the busy season. But then you're going to do a family vacation and then you're going to spend the next few months helping at home and being present mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you can change your priorities, not just for seasons of life, but in the short term too. Yeah, exactly. Even day by day, your priorities might be totally different because someone might need you one day. And so that day they're your priority. And the next day you have to kind of prioritize what you need to get done. Yeah, it can go on the short term or in the long term. And it's not to say that, I mean, it's up to you how you prioritize, but you don't have to feel like you need to do everything all at once because your life is long. Mm -hmm. And that actually leads kind of into my next point, which is that if you are not prioritizing, it actually makes you kind of a less genuine or present version of yourself. Like This is just something I've noticed in myself that got covered a lot in the podcast is that the reason I'm realizing lately why I feel like I'm always kind of scattered and like sometimes forgetful is because I just don't prioritize enough. I say yes to too many things. Something one of the podcasts said, they were quoting Joe more was if you say yes to everything, it's no longer your life because you just are accepting any offer that comes your way. And so you're no longer living genuinely or living the way that you would maybe choose to or being present for everything because you've said yes to too much and you're kind of just being blown with the wind. So that's the Mm -hmm. other thing that I really took to heart (laughs) from all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, something that I really liked about the one thing The premise is basically what Claire said about narrowing down your priorities, but the question they ask is, what is the one thing you can do that would make everything else easier or irrelevant? So you basically are picking one thing, and a lot of times it's a big goal. And this book is about achieving a big dream, sort of. So he says, Mm -hmm. don't don't dream small. If it's a small thing, you can go bigger. Don't be scared. He says that the advice, don't put all your eggs in one basket, is not good advice. And that the problems that people have usually come from having too many baskets. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's me too. I'm totally that way too. If I see something, I'm like, ooh, that looks fun. Oh, a new job opportunity? Like, I want to try that. Mm -hmm. And I'll think of a new thing that I can work on or something. Mm -hmm. So once you have your big goal, so that's your macro goal, and then you choose a micro thing that you can do. So for me... I always have a really hard time on the weekends getting the things done that I need to. And so I was trying to think, okay, the one thing that <laughs> that would really make my life easier is if I got everything done that I needed to so that Monday I was fresh and ready for the new mm. week. Mm-hmm. And then I backed out of that and was like, okay, well, what's the thing that would help? And I was like, well, if I got up earlier on Saturday than I usually do, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But if that were the solution, I would have already been doing it. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, then what's one thing that would make it so that I will do that? So I'm like, okay, if I go to bed 
early on Friday night, then I'll do that. And then you have to think, okay, well, what would make you, you know, you have to keep backing, backing <laughs> oh out until you find like a small enough thing that you're like, I will do that. And it will knock the rest oh of the word. dominoes down. Oh, And it kind of has That's worked. That's actually so smart. Yeah, it seems really smart, but it also seems the visual I have is Grace walking backwards <laughs> and then like, the and like with her with her my hands fingers. Up. Yeah, like, you can't, can't see me, but like her fingers. Does <laughs> it's so funny that you did that motion because my camera's off? But I have my fingers up by my head while I'm talking about it and wiggling my fingers as if I'm like beautiful minding. Oh Graceism. <laughs> Yeah, I really like it, though, and I like the counterbalancing idea because it gives you room to prioritize other people. You know, you can say, oh, I really need to help out this friend. That's a big priority, you know, that relationship. I'm going to block out four hours, and that's really important to me that I do that today. And so you don't mm-hmm. have to be like, I want to be a CEO, so I'm going to spend every second. I get annoyed by that mindset of my time is so important, I will say no mm-hmm. to everything. Or my time is more valuable than anyone else's. Yeah. Because sometimes there's things where it's like, well, someone mm-hmm. has to do it. Yeah. If there's something that needs to get done, a neighbor needs help or something, you know, it's like, well, I want to be the kind of person that says, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, like if that. I don't help, mm-hmm. someone else is going to be <laughs> swamped and be the one person who's the only one. You know, it's like if we all helped a little bit, yeah. no one would have to be the person who's put upon all the time. Yeah. One thing that sort of annoyed me about it was the, so, you know, you need to be hyper-focused during some of the times that you're getting done what you need to. And it said something like, a trip to the coffee machine can derail your day if you encounter someone who wants to make you part of their day. And I kind of think it's okay if you're taking a break and there's a coworker who wants to talk to you or who has a question. Yeah. Yeah. I think there can be room for a little bit of balance, even if he doesn't think that true balance exists. Just be generally nice to people. Mm -hmm. And in this world where we're already so disconnected and especially now like post-COVID, granted, I haven't worked in an office setting in a long time. So maybe I'm just not as like empathetic to that because... I'm like, what? Why wouldn't you want to chit chat with your coworkers? You know, but I'm like, oh, I think we need to still have time built in for yeah, like yeah. One of your priorities could be well, I guess that's getting into the territory of having too many priorities, but <laughs> you know, it could mm-hmm. make a difference to that coworker that they are feeling like they don't have friends at work or you know they need a support system. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's okay. I think it's maybe just when it becomes a pattern. Yeah. And one thing, Greg, because we're on a first name <laughs> basis, brought up was coworkers that not just like exchanging pleasantries, but are kind of wanting you to work through a project with them or they're kind of wanting to foist some of their responsibilities off on you if you're kind of a congenial person that will be taken advantage of. (laughs) Yeah. And you get known as kind of a go-to person, but then it's like, well, you're really not doing them a service because they kind of need to solve their own problems like in a work setting and you can be supportive without constantly being the person that ends up having to pick up other people's slack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That does get complicated. I think if you know that that person wants to talk to you all the time, you can time it. You can say to yourself, I know this person's going to talk to me and I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that because I like them and I want to be supportive, but it's going to be a 15 minute conversation because I have Mm -hmm. a lot to get done. Yeah. If you wanted to block out a four hour time period where you're really focusing and getting something done, you can just tell someone like, I have this thing that I really need to finish. Can you come back if they have a question or or something? Totally. You can just push it till later. Because I think it is important to know how to say no, but it's also important to be a person that says yes sometimes. Totally. Mm -hmm. So 
let's talk about saying no, because that came up in my book, too. I think anything with priorities, saying no is going to be mm-hmm. a massive, you know, part of that. Mm-hmm. So have you guys heard the phrase no is a complete sentence? Yeah. That's a very trendy <laughs> saying right now. Do I don't like that. It gives it? me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If someone just told me no. I would crumble into a I million know. pieces and blow away. I know. That's I would just be irritated. And I, I would just, just be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we're going to get hate for this because this is a very trendy idea. And like Grace said at the beginning, I do think girls especially are sometimes socially conditioned to be doormats a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. And yeah. I definitely, I'm always trying to teach my girls to stand up for themselves and stuff. I don't mind the concept of that. Yeah. I just think taken literally, it sounds horrible to <laughs> But like, if you ask someone like, hey, could you maybe help me move? And they're just like, no, that would just be like, at least give an explanation or something. Exactly. Do you want to come over for dinner? No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it just doesn't translate well. (laughs) You can't do that. I think the message is you don't need to make an excuse and you don't have to give an explanation always. So one thing that Greg I keep calling him Greg. I feel like Greg McEwen sounds too formal because you all know who I'm talking about, but Greg sounds way too familiar. (laughs) Mr. McEwen said he gave some good suggestions of how to gracefully say no, which I thought was really helpful because I do feel like just bluntly saying no for me, for my personality is just not really... (laughs) an effective option all the time. And he's British, so just imagining his accent saying this, but he said something like, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me, but I'm afraid I'm just way overscheduled. I thought that Mm -hmm. was a really nice way Mm -hmm. of saying no, because... There are times where maybe I don't have necessarily a commitment like at that hour of the day. But in looking over my week, I'll realize my week is really filling up and I just know myself well enough to know that I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be frazzled. I need some time in there to be the kind of mom I want to be. And if I'm just too stretched thin in other areas, that's going to end badly for all of us. Or he said, kind of like you were saying, Tess and Grace, you can say, oh, I can't right now, but can I get back to you and we could schedule it? for, Mm -hmm. you know, next week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it needs to be genuine. You need to also be clear with people. And if the answer is just no, then don't string them along. But I think when it's a relationship you want to maintain, but just right now is not a good moment, you can always make a suggestion for like a future time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have like, not FOMO, but worry that if I don't go to something that I've been invited to, then I'm never going to get invited again, sort of a thing. And so I feel better when I say like, oh, I can't, but I really want to. So like, you know, next time you're doing this or that, please let me know because I really want to come. And I feel like that gets the message across that I just can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. It's not about the other person. It's not about that I don't want to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another point that he made that I really liked was sometimes you do have to trade popularity for respect. And people have a lot more respect for you if you can Mm -hmm. have boundaries. And that doesn't mean that you can't be kind or you can't be there for people. But I think sometimes we think Brene Brown calls it hustling for worthiness. We have to (laughs) earn people's love, you know, and it's like, no, you don't like you can you can say no to things and people might not love it in the moment but they will respect that you respect yourself enough and your time enough to 
say no to things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the episodes of Cultivate a Good Life that I was listening to, they talked about that too. And they said, it's just a truth that when you start living the way that you really want to, or when you make a change in your life, people are going to kind of fall out of your life by their choice. And it's not always true, but it a lot of times is where I think they called it living your truth. If you start living your truth. <laughs> I didn't know that phrase <laughs> was still going love. on. It's yeah. still happening. <laughs> but when you do start living how you really want to, people might not like it. Some people might be offended by it. Mm -hmm. Some people might feel like you don't have enough time for them anymore. And that's, you know, not your fault. You don't have to be loved by everyone. You should show love to everyone, but you don't have to do everything that everyone expects of mm -hmm. you. Um, and if that means losing some people or being a little bit more distanced from some people, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. I also think that it's hard to make the transition, but once you've established yourself as a person who sometimes says no, people expect that from you. And so it mm -hmm. doesn't take them by surprise and they don't, there's not really a pushback. Like when I first started at most of my jobs, you know, I would never, <laughs> I would never say no if, if a boss asked me to do something. But as I've been in jobs more, I now will say like, I'm too busy with projects right now, but next week, one of them's wrapping up and I'd be happy to take on another one then. You know, I can mm -hmm. say things like that more now. And I think it just takes some time. Like, it's easier for me at work for sure than in personal life. You're not worrying about somebody's feelings getting hurt if you don't take a work project or, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But once I establish that skill, now that's just normal, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of yeah. painful at the beginning, but then you get used to it. Totally. Yeah. And one of my biggest fears in asking people for help is that they'll say yes, but that they'll resent me for it. Like they yeah. don't genuinely mean it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so why do that to people? If you're going to like be mad at someone deep down because you're serving them or helping them and it's going to do bad things for your relationship with them, then like just be honest and say, you know, you don't have time or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would much rather only have someone helping me that genuinely feels like they have the time to help me than have someone resenting me for totally. it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe we need to do another episode about learning to say no, because I feel like I have so many other things I could say like, on this <laughs> yeah. topic. And this is yeah. fun into like talking about saying no because there was a lot of other good stuff in essentialism but I just want to share one other takeaway from essentialism because I feel like I've covered a lot already but one thing I really noticed was he calls it you become an essentialist like when you follow the essentialism principles but he talked about all of these dynamic famous leaders who would regularly take time away to have solitary time, just to think, to disconnect, to do something for leisure, and how important that is just for like your well-being and your creativity, and also just to allow you time to have introspective time to figure out what your priorities are. And I think that was something that I have not done a very good job of, is actually just taking time to really think about what I want to prioritize and what is like truly important to me. Because like I said at the beginning, I feel like a lot of my day is just putting out fires as a mom. And 
obviously I know my big priorities are my family, my faith, you know, things like that. But if I really stop to think about it, I'm like, okay, what do I want my family to really look like? Or how do I want to be as a mom? Or what are like the goals I have in the next year with my kids? You know, and I, I need to spend more time actually being introspective about how to use my time and how best to use my time. And there's a million good things I could be doing, but are they the best things? Are they really the things that are really true to who I am and what I want to be? Where my faith kind of comes into this, I think that introspective part is where that could really be powerful and just listening to like the spirit and how I should prioritize my time. So I think that's something that I'm going to really work on is maybe actually taking more time to really ponder that and figure out how to be an essentialist, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into our discussion today. It feels a little bit hypocritical to ask you to spend some of your precious time leaving us a review, but if you want to prioritize the health and longevity of hop culture, (laughs) we would so appreciate an Apple podcast rating or review. So does anyone have a weekly win? So this weekend, we got to visit Luke's family, which was really fun and spur of the moment. And we went to lots of fun things. But my favorite thing that we did was probably we went kayaking out into the ocean and went to this cool little cave thing. And it was super fun. It's in San Diego. Usually people do it with a tour guide (laughs) and a helmet, which is always a good idea. I think the main reason why they have you wear helmets is because when you're coming in, the waves are coming really, like they're really big and they're coming behind you. And if you don't lean into it right, then you flip. Oh. And you flip really violently, it turns out. So I got a a big gash in my (gasps) scalp. What? (laughs) Tess! From my kayak flipping on top of me. Oh my word. It wasn't too bad. Luke's dad is a doctor and he said that I didn't really need stitches. I could have gotten stitches if I wanted to, but the scalp heals really fast. (laughs) So, and really, my scalp is like, there's just a big scab now, but it's totally like like not okay after this. No. How did we not know? She didn't tell us about this. Yeah, just like I got a huge gash in my scalp. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Well, that wasn't the main win part of it. It was that we went kayaking and it was really pretty, but it was very scary because when you're wet, you know how your blood Mm -hmm. travels way faster (laughs) and so I got out of the water and I was like that really hurt I got hit in the head and Luke was like oh I'm sorry and like didn't didn't take me seriously just kidding he did take me seriously I should give him more credit he did take me seriously and he was like oh I'm sorry he just didn't know how how bad was it he didn't know and I was like I don't know it really hurt and then (laughs) he like had to drag in our kayak and then when he looked back at me he was like oh He's like, you're bleeding. <laughs> and I, my face was like slowly like getting covered in the blood. <laughs> and it was really funny. Uh, but I'm fine. The main fun part of it was that we got to see the super cool sea cave. And I had never kayaked in the ocean before. And it was really beautiful and fun. Okay, so I feel a little silly after this episode. This is irony at its finest. But I am getting into baking sourdough. I'm taking on Ooh. a hobby. Oh, that's not silly. Well, exciting. I, I've been wanting You're to do it. You're prioritizing yourself. That's true. Prioritizing. And your it is actually something that came up in the book. It was talking about play, which I never really like that word, but I, I know that it mm-hmm. just means leisure time 
as an adult, but it was like, what do you love to do just for the enjoyment? And I was like, I honestly don't know. It's kind of sad. I thought of playing the piano. That's about all I really do that I could say just as <laughs> fully because I enjoy it and it feeds my What did Ella say you're, that you love to do? Watch TV with your planner? No, she said, listen to your podcast, <laughs> drink your pop and write in your planner. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what I do for fun. <laughs> so <laughs> even things that I enjoy doing you know, often serve a greater purpose of some kind right now. So I would love to have a real hobby. I've always wanted to learn how to make really good bread and master this. So I'm excited. I just got a starter from a friend and I'm researching Dutch ovens and proofing bowls and stuff. So if anyone has any tips, send them my way. Ooh, Mm, nice. Very cool. Well, my win is sort of the same as as last week's. I've been looking for a house in Cleveland, and I found one, and it's not a done deal yet, but it's looking promising. It's looking promising. It's possible. It could happen. I'm so excited. I'm like seriously just grinning from ear to ear. I'm not going to tell the girls yet because I don't want to get their hopes up too high, but like it would be so great. Yeah, it could totally still fall through. Yeah. But Tess it's giving bad. me hope that, you know, even if this one falls yeah. through, there'll be another house. Yeah. yeah poor Tess. Tess. I'm trying to be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it was funny because- I'm happy you're happy. We were talking about Thanksgiving and I was like, well, great. You'll be here for Thanksgiving. And Tess is like, well, I'm coming. <laughs> we're like, how are you going? <laughs> I'm going to have to make so many more trips now because I'm going to feel so much I more know. FOMO because they used to be- Whenever you and Anne would hang out, I was like, well, I have Grace Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I hang out with Grace. But now it's going to be the three of you hanging out all the time without me and I'm going to have to spend... All my it probably spare won't money be as fun as we're thinking. <laughs> to everything. It probably will actually be like Grace it's will get not, here and she'll be like, "It's not going to be that great living here in Cleveland." She'll probably regret it. Wink, wink. I know. I'm excited. I'm going to find a lot of fights. Such a lie. oh, I'm oh, yeah. counting on it. We'll get in a lot. Of I <laughs> I would be so surprised if we didn't. Mm-hmm. That would just be uncharacteristic. That's just part of our time. Claire. That's part of our time. <laughs> <laughs> quick to fight, quick to make up. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> I am not feeling happy about it because I kind of thought it was like our special thing, mm-hmm. like Claire and I live near each other. Now Grace is swooping in and living even closer to Claire. I know, and it I just was our gonna get swept thing. under the rug. I'm sorry, Anne. It was kind of our special time because, like, we never really had bonding time, like just the two of us, you know, with the way the family shook out. So this was. <laughs> Yeah, you were an odd pair. <laughs> yeah, it was... I slept in your bed for like five years. That's true. That's true. But we were asleep for most of that. No, yeah. but like we never, you know, Grace and I had time together. You and Grace had time together. And then I feel like Tess was like the little baby that we all loved. That's a nice way of saying that <laughs> I was never included. What? Oh my God. <laughs> you loved me anyway. Yes, you were. All right. Oh, I'm really sensitive right what now. What about when you came to French camp and I bought you all those watermelons? That was <laughs> for like two weeks. The one time we spent two weeks together. No, what about when I used to come home every summer from college and you're my little I know, buddy. Grace, you used to be my main friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're moving Don't away. worry, the house might fall through. You just never know what's going to happen, okay? So mm-hmm. the problem with Grace. Claire and I will have a falling out. The problem, the problem Grace, is that <laughs> we all think she's our closest sister. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. just gets to, like, enjoy 
the fruits of that. That is actually a special great <laughs> yeah. thing. We all kind of want to yeah. claim her as like our buddy. And she secretly mm-hmm. is like everybody's buddy. She's that person who you're like, oh, she's my best friend. And then mm-hmm. she says something about her best friend. And you're like, wait, I thought I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> I exactly. thought I was your best friend. Exactly yeah, she is. I wanted to be your best friend for a long time, Anne. But you were fixated on Grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, you were like, what can I like say? Like a five-year-old. And I was like 11. So... <laughs> Keep dreaming. I'm kidding. <laughs> I would gladly Keep be. Dreaming. I would gladly Dude, you be. Know I'm in a, you know I'm in a She's sad in a place, place right now. Come on, Ann. The tables really turn when you get older because suddenly you're like the older lame sister where you used to be like the cooler one. Um. Okay. My weekly win was, okay, it was Hazel's birthday and I've really been plotting and looking forward to this day. Because I just, I like to do creative things, but I want there to be like a reason behind it. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to decorating and having the little party and making a cake and stuff, even though we didn't invite anyone. So it was just me and Matt and Hazel. I really went overboard for just the three of us, but it was so, (laughs) just so fun to have a day that was just all about Hazel. She loves farm animals. And so we took her to (laughs) this little petting farm (laughs) and I wish, oh my gosh, I wish I could have her here right now to do a bleat because the way (laughs) that she says ba is so realistic. And so like the second we got to the farm, she was just bleeding and it was like she was just a tiny little lamb and she was just so cute having the time of her life. And then, yeah, then we had a little party at home. And I made the little finger foods, like I made pigs in blankets. It was so cute. It was very oh, well. I got it from Pinterest, <laughs> but I did design. Well, could go right <laughs> back on <laughs> the banners and the little papers and stuff myself because I didn't want to pay. It was the so money to cute. download some that someone else made. <laughs> so, <laughs> download. but my my proudest moment was my cow cake i was very intimidated by this but i saw this picture of a cake that would look like a cow head on pinterest and there was no instructions but i just kind of made it myself and it turned out pretty cute i must say it's really cute no you did a great job so cute. i was very mm-hmm. impressed Anyway, Hazel's just the cutest little two-year-old and grandma and grandpa got her like a little board game and I am so excited to play a little board game with Hazel. I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, can you think of a little two-year-old playing a little board game with me? That just sounds so fun. Um, I'm excited. It, it sounds, sounds like a adorable, terrible idea. But I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's I'm just going to be so funny. Yourself. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to say I have a distinct memory of making Ella cry because I told her she couldn't cheat at Candyland. She wasn't two. She was like probably four mm-hmm. or five. She needed to hear. <laughs> and I made her cry and she ran to her room and it was so sad <laughs> because it wasn't like, oh, you're so mean. And like she just threw a tantrum and ran away. Like the crumble weep. Yeah, she was just like <laughs> trying so hard to hold it in. And she's like, I think I just need some alone time. And then she just oh, no, like no. scurried out to her room. Oh, no. And then so I was like sad. knocking at the door like, Ella, please come out. We can play again. Like, I, I'll let you play however well, you want. It was horrible. Well, I played Candyland with her several years later, and 
she was gonna treated say, just as it, bad as yeah. she did. I was going to say it sounds like Tess got a taste of her own medicine. <laughs> Some of us were once... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I was like, you can't, you can't be that kid. It, you'll yeah, carry it'll haunt it with you. you your whole life. Yeah. Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. 